Genesis 41, and we're going to begin reading in verse 38. Are you there? The Bible says this. So, so Pharaoh asked them, what can we find, or excuse me, can we find anyone like this man, talking about Joseph, one in whom the Spirit of God is upon? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and all my people who, and all my people are to submit to you and to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Joseph in charge of Egypt, so Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and then he put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes, somebody say robes, and fine linen, and then he put a gold chain around his neck. Bling, bling. Come on, somebody. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command. And then men shouted before him, and they said, make way. Thus, he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Father, I pray today, Lord, that you would minister to your people today, God. I pray that you would open up every heart and every mind and allow your word, not my word, but your word to go forth today and land on good soil and it would reproduce a harvest, God, spiritually, 30, 60, and 100 fold. Have your way, in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated here this morning. 16 years ago, I came into the church here in Victory Outreach Hayward. And it was there that God totally transformed my life. I came in like many were coming in and are still coming in, addicted to drugs and alcohol. And it was in the men's home here in Hayward on April 28, 1998, that God totally transformed my life. And I'm forever grateful and indebted to this beautiful, wonderful ministry here in the city of Hayward. And even though I know I'm like a stone throw away, a rock pebble throw, stone away, um, I know that uh, we're still in this thing together, amen, and I really, really pray for you guys all the time. I look up to you, I admire you, Esteban, from a distance. You're doing some great, great things with the church here, and um, you're definitely a model for the churches here in Northern California. How many believe that? The story in the scripture that we read here today is, if you will, the highlight of Joseph's life. It's like the highlight of his career. When you read this scripture, you see all the good things that have happened to Joseph. You look at him, you know, getting the signet ring. You look at him wearing uh, one of the final robes that I call that he actually wore. And we see that this is a time of celebration for Joseph. It's like, you know, what a great life Joseph has. And he does. But one thing we can tend to forget as we could tend to forget how Joseph got there. We could tend to overlook what it took, rapping now, for Joseph to get to where he's at in this portion of Scripture. Many, as, many of us, if we're not careful, it's easy for us to look to Joseph and we see he finally made it to the promise. But one thing we can forget to tend to forget is that Joseph went through the process. And many times, God will show us the promise. 
But one thing God will not show us is God will never show you the process. Because if God was to show you and I the process, there's a good opportunity you and I would not be here next Sunday. There's a good opportunity that you and I would probably make this our last altar call today. We would probably throw in our handkerchief, our towel, our jacket, whatever it is we want to throw in today because everybody wants the promise, but nobody wants the process. I wish I had a church to preach to this morning. Somebody say the process. When I study Joseph's life, it's a great life. I see that Joseph wore a lot of different jackets in his life. One of the first jackets we know that Joseph wore was the coat of many colors. And we see that Joseph bragged to his brothers, I feel immature, uh, uh, prematurely, and he began to share his vision. He began to, that was his gift was to interpret dreams. And as he was interpreting the dream, I feel that his character did not yet catch up to his ability. And he began to share it and it came out too cocky. And what happened is the brothers started hating on him. Can I talk like that this morning? And they didn't like him. And we see that they set up a plan to destroy basically their own brother. And we see that they, Scripture says they pulled that jacket off of him and threw him in the pit. We're going to be talking about that in a minute. That was the first jacket that he wore. I like to call it the jacket of immaturity. And then we see he goes to the season of the pit. He gets out of there and he goes to the palace. And many times we mistake the palace for the promise. It's another sermon. But we see he was there. And then God raised him up in the palace with Potiphar. And he was there, and the Bible says that he, you know, was, was but he wasn't interpreting dreams. Notice that? But he was there in the palace. And then Pharaoh's, or excuse me, Potiphar's wife started noticing him. Hey, people are going to notice you. When you're in the palace. It's another Bible study. Come on now. And she noticed him and she went after him day after day. And we know that what happened? She cornered him one day. Uh-huh, I'm trying. <laughs> and then what did she do to him? She pulled off that jacket. The second jacket he wore. I like to say that that jacket was the jacket of self-sufficiency. Because he forgot what it was in the pit. And God raised them up. That's the worst thing I think someone can do is when God raises you up, forget where you came from. We see that after that, he went into jail. Didn't wear necessarily an outer jacket, but there was a spiritual jacket that he had, and that was the spirit. That was the jacket of bondage. Here in this portion of Scripture, we pick it up, and Joseph wearing, I like to, I like to say, his last jacket, if you will. And this was the jacket I like to call the coat of authority where God began to place upon Joseph some authority. It was at this time in Joseph's life that we see that Joseph had gone through a lot of things. But if you continue to read on to Genesis chapter 45, you're going to see that everything he interpreted and everything that he had said that there was going to be a famine, it came up to that moment. And the Bible says that Joseph noticed his brothers that were in line waiting for food. And as they were there waiting in line, they didn't notice Joseph, but Joseph noticed them. And as they got closer, the Bible says that Joseph kind of told everybody, just get out of the room for a minute, get my brothers over here. And the Bible says he began to weep uncontrollably. 
And these guys, his brothers, were looking at, like, who is this guy losing control here? And the Bible says he threw his arms around him, around them, and he began to embrace them, and he basically let out his identity. And he said, listen, I have come a long way to be here today. In other words, I've gone through a lot of drama to wear this coat of authority. I have the authority to probably kill you and kick you out if I want, but I'm not going to do that because he came to the point in his life where he said, listen, what you had meant for bad, he told his brothers, God had turned it around for the good. So in other words, Joseph knew it wasn't his brothers that got him through everything, but he knew that it was God that took him from the pit to the palace to the, to the, to the prison, eventually to his promise. Oh, I wish you were hearing what I'm saying this morning. What's my point today? My point is, is that God, I believe, Victory Outreach Hayward, a.k.a. heart, if you will, God wants to begin to continue to give you the coat of authority you were meant to wear. But you got to be willing and able to go through the process. Somebody say the process. You see, Joseph was so blessed by this time. And God had been so good to him, if you will, that he had left behind all the hatred and ill feelings that he had towards his brothers, towards, towards Potiphar's wife, and instead of choosing to kill them, he chose to let it go. Someone say, let it go. Tell your neighbor, let it go. One of the most important things that you and I must remember that when God begins to elevate you, because he's going to elevate you, he's going to raise you up, he's going to take you through the process, and as he takes you through the process and you stick it out through the process, he's going to begin to elevate you. And when he begins to elevate you, don't you dare forget how you got there. Don't you dare forget the road in which you traveled to get there. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place today, man. Joseph never forgot. That's what I love about Joseph, man, is that he never forgot the road that he traveled to get there. Joseph, what I love about him is that Joseph didn't waste his pain. I see a lot of Christians nowadays in the house of God, they waste their pain. God takes them through some situations and some circumstances, and he takes them through some highs, and he takes them through some lows, and he takes them through some valleys, and then he takes them through some mountaintops, and then he takes them through some dark places, and then he brings them back out to the light. Talk to me this morning. And then he, 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 he begins to walk them through the process, and many people jump off the ship during the process, but I'm here to tell you today, if you could just learn to stick it out, learn to let it go, God will eventually raise you up in his house. Don't waste your pain. Come on, somebody. Oh, Jesus, I don't know about you, but I'm not going to waste my pain. I thank God that God delivered me from drugs. I thank God that he delivered me from alcohol. I thank God that he delivered me from begging for money in front of a 7-Eleven in my own neighborhood. I thank God that he delivered me from my mama telling me to get out of her house and never to come back again. I thank God that God took me from the pit to the palace to the promise. But I'm here to tell some of you today, don't you dare forget your pain. Don't you dare forget what God did for you. Don't you dare forget what he brought. What he brought you out of, man. Don't make me come down the steps today. Remember what it was when you first 
came to God. Remember the pain that you were in, man. Remember how lost you were. Don't look at me like you're holy now. Come on, somebody. Some of you look real familiar to me. We were in the pit together. Oh, my God. I, I, I am pastoring in, one of, in the city that God, that I grew up in. And God constantly reminds me of the pit. My mom still lives in the same house that I grew up in. And I'm not kidding you. Every time I walk out of my car and start going into her house, I get a flashback. And God starts reminding me when I open up that door, I, my, my room was the, was the first room on the right. And all I had in there, it was like a hardwood floor. It's all carpeted now, hallelujah, but it was hardwood floor. And it was so bad that, you know, when you take out carpet and it still has the stitching around the walls, that's how bad that was. It's like somebody just ripped the carpet out. I think it was me. I was looking for something. <laughs> And in that room was just a hardwood floor, man. And then I had a water bed, but not really. <laughs> because it was the frame, a wood frame of a water bed, but there was no mattress and definitely no water in it. So what happened was is uh, I found a mattress one time. They needed to sleep, so I grabbed it from somewhere. And I remember taking it home and I put it in there. I didn't have no sheets for it. I didn't have nothing. It was such a small mattress that there was still a gap around the wood. And uh, then I had a couch. It was a two-seater. And I had everything under, stashed under there, man. And there would be times when I'd be sleeping on the couch. And I would turn to kind of move. And a needle would poke me in my arm, my leg. And I remember what it felt like, man, to be a drug addict. God reminds me of what it was to be lost. He reminds me of the pain that I left behind. He, Reminds me of how much in darkness I was. There would be times when I would be in that room and I couldn't get out. I would be lost and I was bound. And I said, man, is there anything that could get me out of here? I was so tired of my life. I was sick of my life. I thought there was no way out for me. And then one day I got arrested and cried out to God and God heard my cry. And so I'm here to tell you today, my friend, I'm not going to waste my pain. I'm not going to forget the pain that I had. I'm not going to forget where I was 16 years ago because the pain is only catalyst to my future. And I'm going to, man, I'm going to hold on sometimes. And I know that it was the pain that made me into the man I am today. What's my point? My point is this, guys. Don't forget your pain. Some of us, we forgot our pain. Now, I know we have to move on from our pain. And I know it's important to close some chapters in our life. And I know it's important to move on now. Some of us need to forget some things in our past. But I'm here to tell you today, my friend, don't waste your pain. Amen. Get some water here. Throughout your life and throughout my life, our destiny is going to require us to endure many twists many turns, many ups, downs, highs, and lows. But when you and I find ourselves like Joseph once did in the pit, you and I must be careful to understand that the pain in the pit was only preparation for where God wants to take you. 
The pit, let me tell you this today, because some of you might be in the pit today. The pit is not the end of your story. The pit is not the end of your story. Now, why is the pit seasons important for us in our lives? What I have found is, number one, is that the Lord wants to reveal some new things to you about you in the pit. How many know God does a funny way of doing that, right? How many are in the pit today? Don't raise your hand. Come on, somebody. Somebody went and they went to their ear real quick. Just give me one of these if it's you. There you go, scratches. Whether we like it or not, guys, there are things within you that will never be manifested without spending some time in the pit. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. God knows that it's only through trial, through tribulation, through adversity of being in the pit that you and I will discover much of what was hidden in our lives. So what God does is he allows you and I to spend some time, like Joseph did, in the pit. Is he will allow you and I to go through these seasons of adversity. He will allow us to go through seasons of toughness and trial and tribulation and never-ending trial. Talk to me today. But he's doing that so that you and I could learn some things about ourselves. So the pit is not a place of death, but it's a place of discovery. You're going to discover who you are in the pit. I'm going to tell you right now, I thought I was the spiritual guru of 1990-whatever till today. Or actually till 11 months ago. I thought I was pretty spiritual. I thought I was like, hallelujah. I, I thought about buying a purple robe. Come on, Stefan. Thinking about wearing it around the house. That's how spiritual I felt. I thought I was spiritual, spiritual, yes. The Bible answer man too. But then you know what I, I, I what, what happened? I got married. And then I found out how unspiritual I really was. Come on, single people. How many single people are in the house? Oh, you don't want to raise your hand now. Mm-hmm. You look good right now. You look like the catch right now. You're looking good right now. Go through some real trials. Pastor Steve used to say, show me who your, what your trials are and I'll show you who you are. In other words, he would say, you know, don't try to act like you're all that. But you can't even fight off some of the trials that you go through. You can't even make it, you know, he used to tell me, just graduate the home first. And I didn't understand that when I was in the home, but now I understand what he meant. I said, Pastor, I want a car like you. I want a house like you. And he said, then you need to graduate the home like me. <laughs> and then go through some of the trials that he's been through. I have not even scratched the surface of the stuff that he's been through. Oh, my God. Talk to me today. <laughs> 
See, if you really want to discover who you are, if you really want to do some great things for God, how many want to do great things for God? How many want to reach your full potential? How many want to do great things for God, for your church, for your family? You say, I'm all in. I'm behind my pastor. I'm behind my church. Count me in. I'm going to Asian invasion. I'm going to, to, to all the invasions in the world. Count, count me in. Is that you today? Well, then guess what? Get ready to spend some time in the pit. Oh, you're quiet now. How many want to do great things for God? Okay, it got lower now. Tell your neighbor, get ready to spend some time in the pit. Oh, Jesus. If you read the scriptures, the scripture said that when he was thrown into the pit, it was dark. It was lonely. And it was empty. I read a commentary that said that there was a lot of wells and pits around at that time. And it says that Joseph's brothers were herdsmen and flocksmen. And it said that Joseph might have, they were all familiar with the pits and the wells that were around there. Because that one, for four months out of the year in Israel, it would rain. And as it would rain, those wells would fill up with water. And, 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 and they said that Joseph and his brothers would then take their flocks over there and pull water out and then refresh the flocks. And, and every so often, they would refresh themselves. But here in this portion, when Joseph was in the pit, there wasn't no water in it. It was empty. It was alone. It was dark. And he was there by himself. Talk to me today. So what hit me was, is that when you're in the pit, you're going to experience a dry season. I think some of us today are in a dry season. And you know what I find fascinating is that knowing all of those wells were full at one time and maybe refreshed Joseph, the same thing that used to refresh him was now dry. That's why we have to understand that when we're going through these seasons, it's a place to discover who you really are. Because the thing that used to refresh you, God may just not allow it to refresh you anymore. Because we always go back to the same things that used to refresh us. Listen, I'm here to tell you today, the breakthrough you got a year ago was not the breakthrough of today. The breakthrough you got at last World Conference was not enough to sustain you to this World Conference. Talk to me today. The things that used to refresh you, your prayer life that used to refresh you last week and last month, I'm going to tell you today, has probably gone pretty dry. And God has allowed it to gone dry because the same thing that used to refresh you last week, last month, last year is not going to refresh you today. Why? Because God wants to pour out a fresh anointing upon your life for today. Now, I thank God for the word I got last World Conference. I thank God for the regional last month. I thank God for the things that I got when I was first saved, but that has sustained me, but I'm here to tell you today, I don't, I don't depend on that. All I need a fresh touch upon my life for today, and God will allow you to go through the pit so that you can discover who you really are. Tell your neighbor, who are you, man? Come on, tell, shake them. Tell them, who are you? 
Some of you can't even move right now. You don't know who you are. What I love about the pit, it does have a positive side to it, is that it, where you find out that you're a survivor. You find out, man, I made it. I didn't think I was going to make it. I shouldn't have made it. I, you know, I, I did not feel like making it, but it was only the hand of God that was with me. It was only the grace and mercy of the Lord that has been with me. And the only reason why I'm standing here is because of God. It wasn't you who did this to me, Joseph said. He said, but it was God who did this to me. And you know that you're a survivor. And yes, the enemy could have thrown everything at you. He's thrown this at you. He's thrown that at you. He's messed with your emotions. He's messed with your marriage. He's messed with your family. He's messed with you. He's messed with your ministry. He's messed with everything that the devil could seem to throw at you. But I'm here to tell you today that you're a survivor, man. That you made it. Tell your neighbor I made it. Oh, Jesus, you made it. Oh, and you're still here. Oh, you're still standing. Oh, my God, it's only by the grace of God that you have enough strength to wake up today. It's only by the grace of God that you are still standing today. Because I'm here to tell you today, many people didn't make it out. There's a host of people that are still back there that lost their mind. They lost their marriage. They lost their friends. They lost their family. They lost this and they lost that. But God, my friend, has had mercy on you. And because of the pit, the pit doesn't look like such a bad place now, does it? Because you look back and you say, I thank God for that moment in my walk with God. I thank God that he brought me out of that because I am a survivor. Come on, somebody. You're a fighter. You're a fighter. Oh, man, you're a fighter. Look, tell your neighbor I made it. I'm coming out. Oh, you smell like the pit still. But you made it. Some of us smell like, what's that perfume? It's pit. Uh, you didn't buy it at the mall. You bought it in the desert. You say, you sure do smell good. Thank you, because the pit, after a while, begins to throw off a good fragrance. Talk to me. It's in the pit, man, where you've discovered who you really are. There are things you lived through while you were there in the pit that you never thought you would ever endure. But the pit shows you that you are more than you think you are. And you know what I love, man? And I think we all need to realize here today is that I have noticed in my own life that people may not always celebrate your breakthroughs. You know why? Because they don't understand your been-throughs. And I've noticed that I ain't going to be a lot of people maybe throwing a parade for you this weekend. And you may not have this and you may not, but I'm here to tell you, don't live for those moments. I'm here to tell you, people may not understand your breakthrough. You're going to be the only one at your own party. You're going to be the only one at your own parade. You're going to be grooving. Right? And then you're going to look back 
And you're going to say, well, <laughs> because people aren't going to always understand what you've been through. Talk to me today, man. Oh, but what you've been through has given you your breakthrough. Oh, you've been through hell and high water, my friend. You've been through adversity that many people could never walk through. You've been through some things that, man, most people would have left. Most people would have walked out. Most people would have thrown in the towel. Most people would have given up. Most people would not be here today. Most people would not still be serving God. Most people would still not be married. Some, most people would still not be living with hope. But you got hope today, and you've stuck it out because you've gotten the biggest breakthrough of your life. And because of that, that's made you who you are today. Now, I'm here to tell you today, not everybody's going to celebrate you. But you understand that my breakthroughs, man, only you're going to understand your breakthroughs. Right, Pastor Josie? O-M to the G. Oh, Lord, have mercy. There's a she. She. Some of you, it went, You need to do a sheesh month. Sheesh. Because we don't know what this woman's been through. But man, it's only been, yeah, the grace of God, man. Huh? You need to write a book. You put it on paper. You need to write it. Because it's not just what you've been through, but I feel a lot of people in the body of Christ are going through what we went through. We were the, talk about a trailblazer. Right, we, trailbla we trailblazed it, man. Huh? First woman pastor. Shoot, huh? Crazy, huh, Stefan? Crazy stuff. Doing a great job, man. You and Chella, you guys are awesome. You know, I mean... That's the legacy we belong to, guys, that, 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 that is we're here and we're sharing, you know, man, catch that. You know, uh, this, 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 is, this, is, this is not time to play church. We weren't taught to play church, right? We, Pastor Steve said, some of you guys, he said, yell at it, not yell, but he would encourage us. He said, some of you are playing the hokey pokey with God. Remember that? And, 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 and just by you being here in the afternoon at 1 o'clock, Jesus, that says something about you, man. But don't play the hokey pokey with God no more. You may be in the pit today, but I'm here to tell you that your breakthrough is right around the corner. I know that it seems like it's over your head. I know that it seems like it's out of your control. I know that it seems like it's a far-fetched dream. I know that it seems like I don't understand this legacy stuff. I know it seems like, wow, uh, you know, it's... it's it's, I got I to gotta catch it. I got to get it. I got to grab it. I got to do something about it. Well, you got to just keep coming. You got to keep making altar calls. You got to get involved. You got to catch the heart of your pastor, your pastor's wife. You got to catch the heart of these ministers that are here. You got to catch it. You got to be grateful. Pastor Steve taught us bottom line is to be grateful. If that's one thing I learned from Pastor Steve was that is to be grateful for what God did in your life. And not only to be grateful, but he taught us how to be humble. Don't toot your own horn. Beep, beep. That's what he said, man. One of his favorite messages, right? Where they were great 
in the sight of the Lord. And I'm way off my stuff right here. But number two, and finally and lastly here, that when you find yourself in the pit season of your life, not only is it so that God will reveal to you who you are, but the Lord also will reveal himself to you in new ways. God wants to be revealed in these seasons that are tough for us. God orchestrated Joseph's time in the pit because he wanted Joseph to know him in a different way. Many times we're so used to the common with God. We're so caught in the deliverance of God. We're so caught in the, norm, the, the normality of God, if that's a word. We're, 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 we're so caught in the familiarness of God, if that's another word. We're so caught in the, you know, the general stuff of God. And we stay just limited with God. And as long as, you know, we're okay with God and as long as the enemy's not hitting and as long as this is okay and that's okay, then we begin to be okay. And then God does something crazy and then he allows you to go through a season of adversity. He allows you to go through a season of trial and tribulation because he's wanting us to go deeper with him. He's wanting us to have a deeper anointing with him. He wants us to go deeper in our leadership. He wants us to go deeper in our ministry. He wants us to go deeper in our worship. He wants us to go deeper in our lives with him. And many times we fight that. And there's some of us here today that you're fighting God with everything that you got. You're resisting God with everything you got. And God is trying to push you and you're pushing back. And God's trying to shove you and you're shoving back. And God's trying to push you off the edge because he's not going to let you go. He's simply saying, listen, if you just let me take you through this season that you're not familiar with, that you're going to know it's not you anymore, it's not them anymore, and it's not that You're going to know it's all me. When's the last time you did something radical for God that you know that you know that you know that it was only God that carried you through? It was only God that gave you the words. It was only God that provided the money. It was only God that gave you the increase. It was only God that when you stepped out, God stepped in. Come on, somebody. It was only God. Come on, man. Because God's trying to reveal himself to you in a deeper way. But we're so used to the, thank you, Lord. Pray for traveling mercies. Bless the food. Our prayer life used to be deeper, but now your prayer life is in your car. Oh, I pray. Barely. Oh, I get a hold of God. Really? And then we wonder why everything's normal, like in our life, right? We wonder why no breakthroughs. We wonder why no supernatural. We, we, we wonder why when we try to witness to people, they shun us. You used to carry flyers with you. Now you got your phone, but no flyers. Before it used to... Oh. I'm going to stop. Get a little too comfortable here. I believe some of us need to give the pit a 30-day notice. And you need to tell the pit you're moving out. 
But you're not just moving out. You're moving out with a better understanding. You're moving out with better knowledge. You're moving out better strength. You're moving out a better person. You're moving out with more experience. You're moving out with a better tomorrow. You're moving out a better person. You're moving out a little bit more holier. Come on, somebody. You're moving out more spiritual. You're moving out with a little bit more something that you didn't have before you got to the pit. The devil doesn't want you to know that there is power in the pit, my friend. Oh, I'm here to tell you there's power in the pit. Oh, Jesus. Turn your Bibles to Genesis 37, verse 25, and the worship team could come up. Brother AJ. My man. How many appreciate Brother AJ, man? I always wanted to grow my hair like that, but. Genesis chapter 37, verse 25. Can we put it up there because I don't. Twenty-five and twenty-six of Genesis, yeah. I thought I was all cool bringing my iPad because you got an iPad thing, and then I forgot my Bible. Wasn't that cool? Genesis thirty-seven, verse twenty-five and twenty-six. That's okay, guys. Oh, I didn't, no, I didn't bring my glasses. That's a small Bible, man. Pastor Steve would go, another sheesh moment. As they sat down to eat their meal, these are the brothers after they put them in the pit. They looked up and they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. The camels were loaded with spices, balm, myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Go to the next one. What's that first word? Judah said to his other brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? So here we have a situation where he says, listen, man, to actually leave him here to die is not cool. So what if we just pull him back out, sell him to these Ishmaelites, and then carry on with plan B? You know what I noticed there, which is crazy to me, is that the thing that got Joseph out of the pit was a Judah. Judah, Hebrew and Greek, means praise. So if you find yourself in the pit today, thing I have found that has gotten me out of the pit was a praise. And let me tell you this, my friend, there is nothing on heaven or earth better than someone who knows and learns how to praise 
from the pit. I know it's hard. Oh, I know it's difficult. I know you can't find the strength anymore. But I'm here to tell you that there's power in the pit, my friend. There is something about a praise that is mustered up from the pit. A pit praise is to declare in the face of adversity that my God is worthy no matter what I'm facing right now. Let me just tell you this, my friend. Your destiny is linked to your praise. Your promise is linked to your praise. Your, 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 your very promise that God has given, your calling is linked to your praise. Don't you ever let the devil steal your praise. Never let the devil steal, because if he steals your praise, he'll steal your promise, because your promise is linked to your praise. You and I must realize that you don't, if you don't have a praise, you'll never get out. Joseph's brothers wanted him dead, but Judah kept him alive. Even if you have to praise in your pain, clap in your calamity, dance in your darkness, or shout with shackles on, don't you dare lose your praise. Your very praise is going to keep you alive. And I'm here to tell you today, Victory Outreach Heart, don't you dare lose your praise. Don't you dare lose your legacy. Don't you dare lose your authority. Don't you dare lose what God has given you. You have a precious anointing, a unique anointing upon this church that many men and women, including you, have gone through. We got saved. The scales fell off. And I'm here to tell you today, because we never forgot the pit we came from, we then were able to head towards the promise. Loretta, come on, man. If Pastor Steve was here, you know what he would say. He would tell you if the drugs didn't take you out, if the streets didn't take you out, let the lies of the devil take you out, man. Come on, somebody. What was the name of your neighborhood? What was it about? Happy. There ain't nothing happy about Happy Land. You need to change that to Godland. Father, I pray today, Lord. some breakthroughs here today. There's going to be 
some promises here today. There's going to be an anointing that's going to fall upon this church today. There's going to be some breakthroughs today. The worship team's going to begin to minister, guys. And as they begin to minister, and you feel compelled, I want you to slip out of your seats this afternoon. And I want you to come to this altar. And I want you to praise your way out of the 